We're everywhere. Radio, the internet, TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Live from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. The analytics community says should punt in this spot, but they're going on fourth and five from the L.A. 40. Garoppolo got it across, and it's Samuel breaking away! Touchdown, 49ers! And Garoppolo doesn't care what the analytics community says now. 30-7, to seven, San Francisco. If you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wait. Samuel had flowers on last night. How good was he? How good was Garoppolo? 15 and 19, 182, 2 TDs, the football. But then they went Swiss Army night with Debo Samuel. Five catches, 97 yards. But it was the rushing that was kind of an X factor for him. Five carries, 36 yards, had the nine yard touchdown run. Niners get a 31-10 win over the Rams. So there's your Monday Night Football recap on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing in Vegas. Glad to be with you. We're going to have some good fun today. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet's going to check in a little later in hour number one. And then in hour number two, our good friend Tony Neville, racing sportsbook director from the Treasure Island with the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. One of the best guys you'll ever meet. A lot of great information I'll get his updated power ratings of college basketball. He'll be with us in studio for our number two. Chris Bavona. He's riding, um, he's riding in the driver's seat here. He's in complete control of this program. Nice, nice touch with the old Hate Ashbury intro. Very nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know something? I I was hoping you were just going to say hello to me. Because oh, I was going to bring something back from San Francisco, which is this. Hello! <laughs> this is Doubtfire. Where does that take place? <laughs> that takes place in San Francisco. Okay, Chris. See, now, we did not talk before the show, right? No, we did not. I mean, not about that. We did. I mean, we, we, yeah, we no, but We didn't talk about this, but... It's nice that I'm able to, you are, are there. If I say something, you find things. If you throw something, I'm capable of coming back with something. So my retort to that would be, brace yourself, Effie. <laughs> oh, Effie, brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great movie. It really, that is a good movie. I still miss him. That, that's the first time, other than the Wisconsin football games, that's the first time I had ever heard that the jump song when the, when the kids were having the party in the house. You had never heard that song before then? I, wow. I, I swear, not until the movie. Great song. It is a great song. <laughs> All right, well, now, now I know what I got to do for next break. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, well, that would be the, uh, for the final, you should, that should be our, 
intro for every final segment. And I, and when you do it, I'll hold up four quarters, you know, hold up the four, the final final segment of the show. And there's your daily open for uh, segment four. A man with a plan. So you're giving the, me too you're giving me way too many ideas. I, <laughs> so I, many things I, going through my head, my head's spinning. So many activities I, know, but, I can think of. I know, but technically, technically I just made your life easier that you could play that every day for the final segment. I could have made your life easier. I know, but I do love the I love the ER song. I love the math song. I like to mix it and like a surgeon is one. I mean, Weird Al oh, is like no, my no, no. That's the injury segment. I'm talking the segment before the last big. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. The injury thing's a thing. There's a thing. Oh, good. You're giving me time. Okay, now I've got a little more time uh, to actually get this song. Okay, thank you. All right, but as for the game itself last night, you know the Niners get a win. This is what's going on in the NFL. I mean, this is this is craziness where good teams are getting an anvil dropped on them. And we're seeing great efforts then indifferent efforts. And you're like, what's going on from one week to the next? And you're like, well, where's the consistency coming from? We said it. Arizona was kind of the flavor of the month. And they got cocky and didn't play Murray and lost to Carolina. The first half of the season, people were ready to throw a parade for the Rams. They should have lost to the Colts, and then they sit back and Tennessee stomps on them. And now this, what do we make of the Rams? And that Robert Woods injury, that's going to hurt them because, believe me, he and Cup were a real nice one-two punch. I have no clue what OBJ is going to end up bringing to the table here. And, yeah, that defense, hey, you got Aaron Donald. You got Jalen Ramsey. Let's go get Vaughn Miller. Well, didn't work too well last night. Debo Samuel had all the answers. It's a crazy NFL season. A little later on, I'll tell you what we do. We talk about some of the teams that have been good one loss record but the against the spread thing is what we want to talk about and you'd be surprised who some of the teams are that are helping you make money you got a little hockey talk you got all kinds of cool stuff coming up and bruce marshall in a little bit off to the races just getting the fun started with the serious 159 the sports good radio network glad to be sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com is joint pain keeping you down it's time to bounce back with the help of uzu cbd plus that's y-u-z-u-c-b-d-plus.com featuring gummies delicious chocolates capsules and lotions Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today.
You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. Blessing in Las Vegas, Series 159, and the Sports Food Radio Network. Chris Pavona is our producer. So we're turning a corner for home in the NFL with some good teams and what the landscape kind of looks like in both conferences. The NFC, I think we know up top what we're looking at. The AFC, you can throw a blanket over a lot of teams. So we'll do the deep dive on that here in just a minute. But Rex Ryan decided to pop off about what's going on with the Jets. Now, listen, I Rex Ryan, he's a polarizing guy. I'm a Bills fan. And, you know, I was kind of okay with what Ryan did when he went there, what the, what he brought there. And, you know, it's an attitude thing. You know what you're getting when you get them. And either it's going to work or it doesn't. And it didn't. And thankfully, after that, the regime that's running Buffalo now with Brandon Bean and McDermott, there's a lot more stability. And it's working. But it doesn't mean it couldn't have worked with Rex Ryan. And... Listen, this all goes back, and I'll show my age, but, I mean, Rex Ryan and his brother, they are their dad's kids because Buddy Ryan was a character. I mean, you can go back to Mike Ditka and the Bears, and Buddy Ryan could have been a weekly distraction in that locker room, but it worked, and that defense played their lungs out for him. So, anyway... Buddy Ryan was never shy about voicing his opinion. Rex Ryan is now a broadcaster, and they're paying him for his opinion. But all of a sudden, we got a little tit-for-tat going with Rex Ryan and the Jets' head coach. And it was Ryan kind of throwing the first salvo. So let's check in on this. This guy's supposed to be a defensive guru. I heard everything, and I take it personal on this one. Everything I heard about was, well, this guy's a lot like a lot like myself, but without the, the bad part. Yeah, well, some of the bad part you need because this team doesn't play with any, any damn heart. It, I mean, that, that's the thing that's disappointing to me. And don't ever compare this guy to me, this Robert Sala to me, because statistically one time they were like a top defense. All right? four. Out, here's one thing they're going to be familiar with. Four out of five years, the 49ers were dead last in their division. So he's going to be dead last again. So he's used to that. So to me, I'm a little pissed off about it when, when I hear that this guy, you know, his background's a lot, a lot like Years. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's pretty good, actually. Uh, Ryan's defenses were good. I'll tell you what he did. What he did very bad, very poorly. When I watched him running my football team, his clock management was a train wreck. So there's that. But in relation to what his defenses and his brother's defenses brought to the table. He may have a case here, but then we get Salah's response. 
Jets head coach Robert Sala, your thoughts on what Rex said? Honestly, you know what? I've never met Rex. I've never had a conversation with Rex. I don't even know him except for people who know him throughout the league. So obviously if it's that personal for him, he knows where to find me. So Were you surprised that he said it? Oh, I'm not surprised by him. He's he's always got something to say. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know Rex, right? I don't know this. I don't know that. And then are you surprised he said it? No, I'm not surprised he said it. <laughs> Why are you talking out of both sides of his mouth? Hey, hey, hey uh, Brian, I think I know what I think I know what uh, Soleil really wanted to say. I think I know what oh. he really wanted to say, but he was trying to be nice about it. But I know he wanted to say this. What a maroon. <laughs> what an ignoramus. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. You nailed it, man. You know, he'd like to stick his head in a rabbit hole the way the defense is playing. Oh, thank you very little. Two drink minimum. I'll be here all day. No, nah, a little drum. It's New York. I mean, what do you expect? But, I mean, they're... Their defense mostly plays his heart out for them. But, I mean, they got torched. I, you know, I got no real beef with what Ryan's saying. Now, listen, these guys make a lot of zeros on the back end of their check. Coaches, GMs, they're hired to be fired. Players perform, make a boatload of dough. And... You know, it's part, doesn't it, Chris? It's part of the game. You know, you get the guys get all twisted nuts about fans or people say about them on social media. I got news for you. If nobody's talking about you, you ain't making this kind of cake. It comes with the territory. But you also got to remember, it's New York, man. Whenever you play in New York, everything is under a ma- is it's literally under a magnifying glass. So it, you know, you could come from San Francisco. Granted, listen, they're one of the most historic teams in the NFL. They're you know uh, rich with with winning history. You come to New York, the media, the way that they scrutinize you. I mean, listen, you could you could sneeze the wrong way, and they'll they'll blame the whole season on that. So you gotta understand, like you know, actually, the one thing I will say about Rex Ryan, he understood, he always understood that about uh, uh, coaching in New York. I will absolutely have Ryan's back on what he said when he said some of the bad is good. I get it. I mean, I think remember the Hard Knocks thing. After he he torched he torched him for five minutes and I, I, I really why'd you bring that up let, the the feet stuff oh you got it no no not the feet no the let's have a snack I, mean, I think he might have thrown a grenade in there with it <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be his snack the whole feet at all yeah oh, but, no, but after the meeting he he shredding him he shredding him and then let's go have a you know, and breaks the meeting let's go have a, a, a what I forget the uh, expletive but let's have a snack. But, you know, there's something to what he's saying. Again, you know I love the hockey, and so do you. You're a Rangers fan. There's something to be said for that, that all sports are effort sports. And you can – this is what we're seeing with some of these teams that are no-shows. Come on, Atlanta – Come on, you you just got to win over New Orleans and you show up and do that? They're, that's unforgivable, and they're not alone. I mean, the okay, Tampa Bay, so what? They lost a football game. They had a bad game. But 
the effort and, and the guys, and, and you need some grit and some salt, like in a hockey team. You need a guy that's going to go to the front of the net and be a nuisance, and, and the goalie's going to hit him in the throat with a blocker pad, and guys jump him, and then he comes out, and he's got scratches, and he drew a penalty, and he's smiling, and he's laughing. That's part of the game. That's that's like part of the, the – by him saying bad, I think he meant more badass. You know what I mean? There's that attitude that translates to what you're getting on the field. And I have his back on that. I, I think there's something for uh, to be said there for Ryan in that regard because part of the bad or the alleged or perceived bad is something that translates to the room and guys play for the guy. No issue with that whatsoever. Interesting little so It's always New York. Always your backyard, Chris. They always give us something to talk about. Love it. Love it. Stir that pot. Get a little firestorm going. Hey, Bruce Marshall's going to do the deep dive with us. We'll talk uh, college football, the NFL. Bruce from the legendary publication, The Gold Sheet in the On Deck Circle. Hour number two, Tony Neville's going to join us from Treasure Island. So we invite you to keep it right here. Sirius 159 and all along the Sports Grid Radio Network. The early line. The New York Jets saved Zach Wilson's career (laughs) by not starting him against the Buffalo Bills. The Jets now can proudly, to a round of applause, send Zach Wilson out against the Miami Dolphins next week at home and say, here's your number two overall pick. It's the early line with Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. Weekdays, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. On the home of the winning edge. The Sports Grid Radio Network. We know things are nuts out there. You need something to depend on. That's where we come in. Coming to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. With the sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. Depend on it. Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Network. Hey, we're back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Ron Blessing in Las Vegas. Always a great time for us when we get to corral our pal Bruce Marshall from the legendary publication, The Gold Sheet. And i got to be honest with you, it gets harder and harder to corral him, and I, I miss him dearly. You've been kind of the globetrotter going to see all the grandkids and stuff, but you're doing a lot of your work from Florida these days, Bruce. How's that working out? It's working great. I mean, as long as I've got an internet connection, heck, I could go on the moon, but Florida's a pretty nice place. So, you know, I, I spend about half my time down here now, though I did sneak up through uh, Oxford to watch uh, Ole Miss and uh, A&M uh, last weekend. And, hey, what was uh, that experience like? You, I mean, that place looks like it's nuts. Well, it, it is, and I haven't uh, – I hadn't been there in like 10, 11 years – but I work with, uh, for years, I've been doing shows in Memphis with uh, Brett Norsworthy and then Richard Cross down in Oxford. And they're also on the old Miss radio crew. So they set us up kind of nice. But I told my wife, be prepared. You've never seen tailgating like this. 
and they tell it's not it's like a nuclear tailgating you, you, you can't even really say it's tailgating it's just something completely different what they do in the grove and then they had the espn game day there and that was uh, kind of uh, extra special. So it was, and it was always a night game. So people had all afternoon there to have fun. So it was quite something. And then flying back to Orlando Sunday morning, and Lee Corso was on the flight. So I got the whole treatment the whole weekend there. <laughs> well, good, good for you. Glad to hear it. What did you make of the game last night? Niners look good. It just drives the point home again where we see teams like the Rams, the Cardinals, the Bills, the Chiefs did it for a while. We're seeing some really good teams, Bruce, with no-shows. You're right. And a couple of things struck me about last night's game, Brian. One, uh, I guess the storyline of the season for the whole league can be boiled down to the NFC West the last couple of weeks. Uh, When the game before, uh, you know, the 49ers looked like the season was about done, after Arizona went up to Santa Clara and uh, and won handily, um, well, the Rams had been cruising, and then now they've lost two in a row, and then the 49ers last night end up looking that they look like they did two years ago last night. And uh, there's a couple of thoughts here. One that the Rams might be getting exposed here. Uh, they're you wonder if they're. I mean, they're behaving sort of like the Dodgers in baseball. They can go out and buy big names and. NFL teams usually don't do that, but they're mortgaging away a lot of their future, not as much maybe for Beckham like they did in the Von Miller trade. I, I think they're going to end up ruining that because they gave up a lot of future capital for Miller. But that's been what Les Snead, the GM, has been doing here. It's a win-now thing. This is, this is a modern version of what George Allen used to do long ago, when you know, the future is now stuff. We'll see. The Niners, though, that was impressive. And if they can continue, and they've still got a lot of guys out, but – you know, the formula that worked for them two years ago worked again last night. Now, maybe they've just got the Rams number. They've beaten them five in a row. But I think it's interesting. If you look at the standings for all the craziness of this season, Brian. They're, they're breathing. They're breathing. They are breathing. And look at the teams who are leading the divisions right now. For all the craziness, I mean, it's pretty much everybody expected. Maybe not Arizona, though. That wasn't that far-fetched that they'd be leading the division. But, you know, Dallas and Green Bay and Tampa Bay ahead and the AFC Buffalo and – Baltimore and Tennessee and now Kansas City's back in first. So all of a sudden it's got sort of a normal look at the top when the season has been crazy for the first 10 weeks. Well, the one thing I would say about the Rams, and you can say this about several other teams, and you don't blame anybody. You beat who's in front of you. But I know like everybody was like going, going bonkers about these guys, and they get off to a great start, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're good. I mean, they, clearly they're a good football team. But I'm looking at the schedule, Bruce, and this is not something I'm saying today. I've been saying this for weeks. All right, they beat Chicago. Uh, They should have lost to Indy on the road. Wentz gave that game away the way he did the Tennessee game. All right, you get a good win over Tampa Bay, and you get thumped by Arizona. Seattle's not Seattle, but that was a decent win in a short week. But after that, they beat the Giants. They beat Detroit. They beat Houston. And now they've lost back-to-back games to Tennessee and San Francisco. I don't know where we, you know, everybody's getting off ready to throw a parade for these guys. I mean, they, you know, they're a good football well, team. Everybody's acting like they were great. Yeah, I know. And there's one interesting line uh, this week, and it was actually I saw 
Uh, our old friend Mark Kizla, Denver Post, wrote this about the Broncos, and but I think it applies to the Rams and other teams too. Uh, you can't really outsource leader, team leadership. It's something that's sort of got to be developed internally. And um, all these guys the Rams are bringing in, even Stafford, you wonder about him. I mean, Detroit, you know, uh, it, it, it's not Stafford's fault all the way, but, I, you know, he never lifted all the boats there in Detroit, never won a playoff game. Um, and, you know, you wonder about the leadership there with all these different faces and names coming through and, you know, McVeigh, uh, you know, I still got some questions about him and all. And just there, there maybe the, the, the ballast maybe isn't there. You don't, I don't get that feel with the Rams. It's just, there's just too many mercenaries they've got there. And you just don't, there's some, something extra that I don't know that they have that some of the other teams might, that, uh, that Kansas City might have, that Buffalo might have with some stability. I'm not sure the Rams are that good. So we'll see. I mean, the landscape, Bruce, in terms of, all right, let's look down the road. And once you're in, you're in, and then current form kind of takes over. But the Packers, you know, all the polarizing talk about Rodgers, well, Rodgers is Rodgers, but what do you make of the way the Packers' defense is playing and how good is this football team? Well, that's the story. You know, I think their defense actually ended up saving that Arizona game a few weeks ago with the late interception. Um it uh, almost got, I mean, they kept Mahomes within sight of that game, and Jordan Love had a chance late. I mean, they were they got within a touchdown there without Rodgers, and then they blanked the Seahawks, although I, the latest example of a, I mean, a player rushing back too soon because Wilson wasn't himself. He didn't have the same touch on the passes, so that's one thing there. But it's been a very good uh, run here, about seven, eight weeks for Green Bay's defense. By the way, they have not dropped a point spread decision since the opener at against New Orleans in, in Jacksonville. So they have been covering games and they've been winning all those except the one that Love had to play at quarterback. And the defense has been a pretty big story. The offense didn't do much at all this last game. It was all defense. So if there's something that uh, people aren't talking as much about with Green Bay, that's maybe the key to them taking this thing a lot deeper and finally get to the Super Bowl instead of losing in a conference final the last, like they have many times in recent years, it's the defense. The one team, Bruce, I keep coming back to that I can't get away from, and let's see how they stack up this week visiting Orchard Park. The Bills are up to seven-point favorite against the Colts. If the Colts get their act together, they survived against Jacksonville. I just think this is a deep football team that can run the ball, and I think the defense is more than solid enough. Indy should have won the playoff game in Buffalo last year, so they're not going to be, I don't think, awed by walking in there. And I don't know, and this game wouldn't be a death knell for them, but if they ever won this one, then the cat's out of the bag. Indy would not be a team I'd want to play if they were able to sneak in down the road. I think you're right, um, and I think we'll find out a little bit more uh, this week. There, it's going to be tough for them to get back in the uh, in the South there because they're already what three games behind the, uh, the Titans and they lost to them twice. But uh, wild card, I mean, they're definitely going to be in in that mix. And you know, if you take a look at them here um, over the last. Uh, month they won four or five that's not bad they should have won the game at baltimore they should have won that game against tennessee i mean they should have a seven game win streak they right should have beat the rams they should have beat the rams back in week two so i mean they're they're uh 
in in position, and I like Frank Reich uh, a lot. Uh, the, the complaint with them, and I think this is a complaint that's way overblown, like, well, who have they beaten yet? Well, you can only play who you, who you put in front of you. And it wasn't like they got blown out by Baltimore or Tennessee in the second game or the Rams. They can win. I mean, and, and they've, got a, they've got something that a lot of teams don't have. They can legitimately run the ball and pound it with Jonathan Taylor. It'll be a test for Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo got well last week, and all the worrying about the Bills, the crying about those two games, it was just that was a blip. I mean, they're good. This could be a playoff preview. I wouldn't be surprised if these teams meet again in January. It wouldn't shock it's me at all. Sneaky thing when you said this with the Bills, and I, I think it mattered. Of all things, Dawson Knox coming back in and a tight end that could stretch the field, open things up for all the wide receivers. I think that really helped the Bills. Real quick, Bruce, let's say we got about – a minute for this, and that's Tennessee laying 10 against Houston, 10 and a half. Good for them. They lose Henry. You get the win over the Rams, and then they, you know, survive against the Saints. I think Tennessee could kind of swoon here a little bit. I think you get a bump, a short-term bump from, you know, us against the world. We'll show you. We don't need Derrick Henry. I can see Tennessee slowing down a bit here in the not-too-distant future. I agree, although the schedule gives them Houston twice and Jacksonville these last seven weeks, so they ought to be able to survive those. They're looking to maybe get to be the top seed in the AFC. Next week it'll be New England, Thanksgiving week, uh, but I think you're right. It's not the same offense without Henry. They're not going to score that many points. They can still keep winning because Rabel's very resourceful, and it's a much better Tennessee defense. So I think you might be right, though. Bruce Marshall joining us from the Gold Sheet. We'll tell you all his information, how you can get Bruce's goodies when we come back in our next segment. A little more on the NFL, a little college talk, see what Bruce thinks is happening in the home stretch. Maybe even touch on the NBA, the NHL. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Got a great guest, Bruce Marshall, and Tony yeah, Neville's going to join us in the studio for hour number two. Keep it right here. Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports with your daily numbers game, asking to NFT or not to NFT. Well, Steam has blocked the application of blockchain technology in all of their games and related assets, saying it's too hard to trace and it's too hard to exchange cryptocurrency. On the other hand, Epic Games are embracing NFT technology, saying it allows perpetual licensing, it allows the brand to expand, and it also significantly allows more people to play, more people to be involved, and more people to use different types of currency. We'll see how this debate plays out. Certainly, there will be more cryptocurrency channels available than those wishing to ban it, and that seems to be the most significant issue. How to monitor, how to exchange, and how to make sure it thrives in this industry. Sports Professor Rick Harrow, Daily Numbers Game. There's knowing how to play the game. And then there's knowing how the game is played. We're the second part. Some call it strategy, but we just call it the edge. Come and get it. Your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. Done. Done. 
guy who's jumping all around the country is Bruce Marshall, but we lassoed him and we got him today on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. The Gold Sheet, uh, such a great publication, and it's a legendary publication in this industry. Bruce, before we do the deep dive on a lot more of the goodies, uh, tell the folks how to track down all your stuff. Thanks, Brian. Check us out on goldsheet.com. Basketball season now, too. Colleges are here, so we're uh, into that now, too. College Hoops, NBA, it's a separate publication, Gold Sheet Basketball. Good stuff, very unique. And, of course, our football publications for this week, the new issues are up there now, college and pro football. Goldsheet.com, my picks are up there, also at Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. All right, college football, Bruce. Pink slips starting to get dished out. Yes, they are, and they keep coming. And uh, Justin Fuente just got it this morning at Virginia Tech after Jimmy Lake uh, got it on the uh, weekend at Washington, which we sort of saw coming. Uh, but by my count, I think we're up to 10 changes now in college football and some big, I mean, bigger openings. These are power five uh, openings uh, before the season is done. That rarely used to happen in college football. I mean, rarely. It was That was something that would happen a lot more in the NFL in the old days. Now you're not seeing as much in the NFL, not nearly as much, and it's rampant in college. I mean, this there, there's no such thing as like a Black Monday in college football now uh, because this is happening during the season, and I think because there's so much money involved now and boosters then, uh, which are throwing their weight around, and when they start to bark like that, um, you know, the administrators have to listen. And, uh, well, they don't have to, but they do. And uh, it's created a very – very volatile marketplace here. So, I mean, this is this is really uh, spinning out of control. But I, by my count, I think now there's ten that have been lost, uh, been uh, pushed out before the end of the season. And there's still a couple of weeks to go. We still might get a few more before uh, we get to the end of the regular season. Bruce, we got three MAC games tonight: Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan five and a half high total of sixty-six. Uh, Toledo seven and a half at Ohio fifty-seven and a half. Bowling Green is at Miami. Miami is 17-point favorite, lower total there of 52. Two more games coming tomorrow, and weather could actually be a thing in Buffalo tomorrow when they host Northern Illinois. It's going to be raining and windy tomorrow night. But it's funny, usually by now with these weeknight Mac games, weather's been a big, big story, Bruce, and it's not been the case yet. Not yet, but like you said, we might get some tomorrow night, and uh... – uh, there's a few more midweek games, even Thanksgiving week we'll have some. So I, I think before we're done in the MAC, we'll get some of those. Tonight, interesting, you know, we mentioned about Fuente getting a, a pink slip today. Uh, Scott Loeffler at Bowling Green might be in some trouble too. Um, and the, although Bowling Green was sort of a point spread revelation the first month of the season, it's gone pear-shaped, as we like to say, uh, for the Falcons lately. And Miami O is uh, the point where it could win its half of the MAC. Has played much better lately. So uh, traveling down I-75 there, uh, Bowling Green could be in some trouble tonight. It's a big price for Miami O, but they look like they might be able to handle this. So that's one I'd be watching uh, because Bowling Green's defense has really fallen apart as the season has gone along. So maybe Miami O there. Interesting. Eastern Michigan. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a dog at home here. It might be worth a look, although the Eagles do most of their damage away from Ypsilanti. They've had a great record on the road versus the spread. Not as much at home, but they have played Western in this battle of directional schools. Very tough uh, lately. Um, 
And uh, last year, EMU put 53 points on these guys, so they have had their number lately. And uh, maybe that would be another possibility as a home dog tonight. So maybe Miami O and uh, Eastern Michigan kind of interesting tonight. Bruce, when we get to the college playoff, when it all settles in, Georgia, Bama, Cincy, Oregon, top four. Oregon, Oregon looks like they're set up to get past here. Uh, and then Notre, Ohio State five, Notre Dame is six. Notre Dame at nine and one, Bruce. And I tell me I'm not picking on him. I, I don't. I just don't want to see it again. I think is what I'm getting at. But I, and I look at them at nine and one. And again, you beat who's in front of you. I know Cincinnati's schedule is not that great, but uh, Notre Dame's actually doing Cincy a favor because Cincy beat them. But you know they beat a, a Florida State team. I think Florida State could have got them if they had better play calling at the end of that game. They should have lost to Toledo. Toledo scored too fast, left time on the clock. And I'm looking at the, the rest of the wins. I mean, you beat who's in front of you. And then, you know, you go play Virginia. And if Virginia's quarterback plays, I think Virginia probably beats them. But they catch Virginia. It's not their, not Notre Dame's fault. But they catch, you know, Virginia in a hostile spot with a freshman quarterback. Please tell me we're not seeing Notre Dame again in the playoff. Well, they'd still need some chaos to happen. But I think it's not impossible. It would be interesting if Cincinnati loses a game, which I think it will, by the way. you got SMU. Or East Carolina, which is playing much better next week. The other game being in Greenville, and then probably Houston, the American title game. So I think Cincy will will oblige. Would you leapfrog Notre Dame above Cincy then, even though Cincy beat Notre Dame? Um, poll dynamics are kind of crazy, but I kind of agree with you. I mean, we've seen Notre Dame get here before and just not be able to compete in the top four. So I think that might be the case again here. And you're right; they hit Virginia. I mean, Brennan Armstrong might be the the one player in the country who would make the biggest impact, not that he's the best player, but for Virginia, you played a quarterback last week. Bronco had to put a kid in there, hardly taking any snaps at all. So the drop-off after uh, uh, Armstrong to Wolfolk was enormous. So Notre Dame got a break for that. Oregon, I don't think belongs in the top four. I think if you lose to Stanford this year, that should disqualify you completely. Um, and they've had enough close calls. I know they won last week. That was a little misleading against Washington State. They probably got Utah. I know they got Utah this week and probably in two weeks. The Civil War, what they used to call that against Oregon State, won't be easy. I think Oregon will oblige and do everyone a favor by losing. Uh, Ohio State is poised to jump in there. They got, you know, if they can win out, I think Ohio State's going to be there. One that these things usually sort out. The chaos usually, by the time you get to the, after the first week in December, it's it's usually pretty clear cut who should be in the top four, at least by their purposes. So I think this thing will clear up. Um, and uh, the, the question I would have is, uh, you, you know, the SEC title game might not be as meaningful this year. If, even if Alabama loses that game I, to Georgia, I have a feeling that Alabama would still be in the final four. Um, and Georgia certainly would be if it lost. So it's um, that's another thing to think about. Uh, I still think they're going to have room for two SEC teams this year. There's a weird dynamic coming up here, Bruce. You mentioned it. Oregon, <clears throat> a lot of pressure on them now. And they're at Utah, and Utah is actually a three-point favorite. And the total on the game, let's say 59 is the consensus. But not only the pressure for Oregon to win this one, but there's a real chance, Bruce, we see this as a rematch in a few weeks here in Vegas in the Pac-12 title game. Yeah, uh, there is a, that is real, and uh, it's interesting. I was just doing a show in Mobile this morning with, uh, with Brett Beard up there, and uh, you know, 
You he said Utah's three point favorite, and uh, can they upset Oregon this week? He said that's a weird juxtaposition <laughs> because exactly. for the favorite to upset, and I said, yeah, right, that is kind of strange. Uh, but I this is what happened two years ago in reverse. If you remember, Utah hit the Pac-12 title game unbeaten and in position to make the Final Four, and Oregon ended that talk with a big win when Justin Herbert was still there. Uh, I don't think this Oregon team is as good as the one two years ago, and I haven't thought that all year. Um, So we'll find out in the next couple weeks. I actually think the best thing that happened to Utah was Charlie Brewer leaving the team in late September. I, I thought he was a bit overrated at Baylor, that they won down there two years ago mostly because of the defense. Um, and he wasn't helping Whittingham too much. He kind of it was hard to get him to work inside. Whittingham likes his off his quarterbacks to run what they're supposed to run and, and don't don't work outside of the confines of the offense. Rising the transfer from Texas has fit much better. And Utah's turnaround sort of can be traced to the spot right when Brewer left the team. And Rising took over a quarterback. They're not as good as they were a couple of years ago, I don't think, either. Um, but uh, they can run the ball hard. Rising's been working, playing within the offense, and I think Utah might be able to get the Ducks this week. We'll see. Hey, let's go off the beaten path a little bit. I got a funny feeling, unless you got grandkid duty. I know I'm racing home right after uh, we do Vegas Hockey Hotline. Uh, David Shane from the RJ will be our guest, uh, KSHP.com, 1 Pacific time when Scott Farrell takes over on the network. But I'll be racing home right after that show, Bruce, to watch the U.S. men's soccer team take on Jamaica in the World Cup qualifying. Right now, the U.S. men's team is in a pretty good spot positionally to qualify but Canada's better, and Panama's not gone away. And I would be nauseous if this team, uh, if the U.S. was not involved in the World Cup again. Uh, but that, that game is a chance for the U.S. to really give themselves a cushion, but it's no gravy train for them. No, it's not. None of these things have been easy uh, for the U.S., and it would be disastrous because the U.S. is going to be the main host in 2026 for the World Cup. And FIFA certainly... Uh, I know they were very worried in 1990 before the U.S. hosted the last time in 94 that the U.S. wouldn't qualify in 90, and it, 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 this is a bad look. So the pressure's really on, and we'll, we'll see what uh, what they can do. By the way, just a quick note, World Cup 2022, yep, next year. But to look when they're playing the World Cup next year, November and December, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna it's going to be right in the middle of American football season because it's being in – Cutter, and uh, there's a whole story behind that, which we'll get into later. Um, but that's just one thing to look for next year. So it, FIFA certainly wants uh, the Americans in there. Uh, we will see what happens. The European qualifying just got over uh, last weekend, so they're also going to have the, the playoffs now between the runner-up t- sides to get in. In Europe, it's not going to be until next March. Usually they have those like in uh, November, but again, the full cup's being pushed back. It's a big win for Spain over Sweden last week. Spain now automatically qualifies and puts Sweden in the playoffs. So, yeah, it's getting to that point, but I do agree with you. This is, is, I mean, FIFA in particular (laughs) wants the U.S. to qualify. So let's hope they don't, uh, let's see if they don't uh, uh, have what happened against Trinidad and Tobago four years ago. Oh, please. (laughs) I know. All right. Hey, I got to get your take real quick. You know, we had a COVID outbreak with the Ottawa Senators. They're going to miss three games. Uh, They'll be out of action until at least November 20th. we got to keep tabs on that. Got about 45 seconds. Just a quick take on what you've seen starting out in the NHL. I know down where you are, Florida and Tampa Bay are making uh, some hockey noise down in that state. 
Yeah, he, in Tampa, Florida, for some of the wrong reasons, and they've started to wobble since uh, since Joel Quenneville had to be forced out. Um, interesting tonight. Now, they host the Islanders tonight. Now, here's what's interesting. The Islanders have yet to play a home game. Uh, here we are a month into the season, and their new arena is going to be ready next week. They will play a home game finally against Calgary. This is the last game of a 13-game road trip to start the season for the Islanders. And they have wobbled right at the end here. Um, but uh, this is the end of the trail finally for them in this long trip. And they've lost a few in a row and they've not looked good. I think this is sort of an important game for Barry Trotz to get the Islanders back. In here. They could make up a lot of ground because they're going to have a lot of home games starting next week through New Year's. But uh, just to note, this is the final game of that 13-game road trip to start the season for the Islanders tonight. He's our pal, Bruce Marshall, the gold sheet. Check it out. Legendary publication. Bruce, I cannot wait. It's great to hear you. I can't wait to see you when you pop back into town. I miss you, pal. You me too. And uh, you'll see me soon enough. I'll be back there soon. All right. He's the best. Bruce Marshall, kind enough to join us, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Tony Neville's going to be knocking on the door any second. He'll be in studio with us for the entire second hour of Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, and all along the Sports Grid Radio Network, inviting you to keep it right here, racing to the top of the hour. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The way I started my Tuesday morning. I mean, no coffee required. Cam Stewart and I recorded an episode of the Life of Land podcast, and that's going to be available for you on the Sports Grid platform. Cammy, of course, going to be on with Gabe Marenzi, Scott Farrell later in the day. So we invite you to check that out. It's a lot of fun, man. I mean, and Cam's going to join us. I'll tell, give Chris Pavona a warning. Cam's going to join us tomorrow on Vegas Sportsbook Radio, so that should be good fun. It's always worth the the price of admission. Uh, Hey, in the NHL tonight, there were a couple of games just want to talk about. Your Rangers, Chris. Your Rangers. They look good. They are playing, I'm telling you, they are playing what he did when he was here in Vegas in the first year. There's something about Gerard Gallant. He's a player's coach. They play loose and free and easy, and they say play our game. His game's to go for it. By the way, the total in this game is five and a half. And the Rangers have gone five straight games over the total. And I would have thought the total in this game would have been six. And on top of it, Caden Primo is playing goalie for the Canadians. Now, he got recalled from Laval because of an injury. He's up there. And last year, he played four games. He was 1-2-1 and one with a 4-1-6 goals against. And his save percentage was only 849. So there you go. I'm going to be actually watching your Rangers tonight because I think I will have a vested interest in that game. I do believe we may see some goals tonight at Madison Square Garden. A possible blessing to d- disguise this later in the, on this week. One of the Senators' games that got postponed is against the Rangers. The Rangers have a back. To, we're supposed to have a back to back. They play that Sunday as well. I think it's against Montreal on Sunday. So I think that's actually kind of good. And I will say that if there's one thing that I don't really like right now, 
they got to get rid of Alexander Gorgiev and bring back Keith Kincaid as the uh, as the backup to Shesterkin. Chris Bavona turning GM on me at the end of the show. Good stuff. We always appreciate his fine efforts, and we invite you to keep it right here. Tony Neville's here. Just open the door to the big man. Tony Neville from Treasure Island, hour number two, coming up next, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. What a maroon. <laughs> what an ignorant.